Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Highwire. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy for Life Care Services. Today is episode three of our series on Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And I am joined today by Bryce Williams, Information Security Engineer for LCS. And Bryce is running solo with me today. So uh, so good to talk to you, Bryce. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having us back or having me back, I guess. Uh, <laughs> right. We're missing Sean. <laughs> right, right. But we can do this today, Bryce. No problem. I'm really excited about today's topic because not only are we going to talk about the workplace, but we're going to talk about everybody's home life, their personal life, and cybersecurity. And let's just call this today's topic cybersecurity hygiene for work and home. We're going to dig in a little differently, and we're going to talk about things like password, password management, updates, backups, all those things that not only as consumers, but as employees who use electronics in our workplace and at home, that we should know, I would think, but that we don't always practice. And maybe there are some things we don't always know also. Let's jump in then, Bryce, and let's start with passwords. You know, I mean, password management is a huge issue for everybody. I know we're working on solutions at LCS, which is great to be able to assist with that. But I think when it gets to a personal basis, password management becomes a nightmare. Yeah, some people have their phone filled with passwords. Some people have a notebook filled with passwords. Could some people use the same password? Maybe that's the right thing to do. I don't know. So talk to us about passwords. Um, And I'm all ears for this one, too, because any tips you can give us in managing safely, but also managing, that would be awesome. Sure. Well, and that's definitely something that we'll we'll dive into here in just a second. But I have a question for you, Laura. Maybe flip the tables a little bit here. You know, if, if you if I were to ask you or pose the question, you know, what what five things do you think? are the most important for, for cybersecurity hygiene, like for your own kind of cybersecurity routine, like what, how would you maybe, maybe you don't have five things, but maybe, you know, what, what are, what comes to mind? What's at the top of your list? Okay. So I can tell you the things that I struggle with personally, and one of them is passwords and what to do. You know, I'll give you an example. I logged into my Hulu account the other night and there were all these weird users on there with weird names. And I'm thinking, I don't know these people. Why did they have an icon on my Hulu account. And I thought, that's interesting. I better change my password. I did. I deactivated their accounts and I changed my password. So password management on everything, because it didn't even occur to me that I have to manage my password on Hulu. So password management is a big thing. And that goes everywhere. Like I talked about how you how you store it, what you should use, all of those pieces. I think, you know, backup is a big thing too. We live on our phones with our photographs. Everything is electronic. You know, if you're using Apple or Amazon and you use the cloud, how safe are those? Maybe you've got a personal Dropbox. You know, so I think backups, and that that hits me at home, a big piece with backups. I think updates are not problematic for me 
I know that some people are still weary of doing updates, especially on your phone, because oftentimes you hear that, oh, I did that update and now 12 things don't work on my phone anymore. So, so I think that might be one of them. And then I think, gosh, I don't know if I could come up with five, Bryce. So I'm probably missing a couple big ones here in the world. So, so let's start there. And then you can add on to that because obviously if you said five, there's probably more than the three I well, talked about. <laughs> there's well, there's more than five. But well, let's so I, I kind of want to phrase this or or kind of pose this as more of like a, a hygiene kind of thing. Like like think of it like your morning routine. Most people probably don't just brush their teeth and go to work. You know, hopefully they're changing their clothes, uh, maybe hopefully taking a shower, most people. Um Maybe you make some coffee in the morning. That's not really hygiene, but, you know, it's part of the routine. It's your routine. Yeah. Right. So there's a couple of things that I would definitely kind of say are pretty common, relatively easy to do, I guess, sets of practices or part of a routine that you can use to improve your cybersecurity. And for sure, the number one thing on the list, I think a lot of people might say antivirus is, is the most important thing. And that's, that's not really true. But it is passwords. Passwords are definitely the thing that, from a cybersecurity professional recommendation for your own personal security, is never reuse your passwords. Always use a new password for every single site. Um, Or at least, at the very least, make sure that your important accounts, like maybe your Facebook, your email, maybe your your Twitter or, or Instagram, things that have your important data, maybe like a Dropbox or a a box site or OneDrive site, make sure that those passwords are unique. And the reason why is, I think we've all heard of every week almost sometimes, (laughs) there's some service that gets hacked. I think T-Mobile was one here just recently. I know this podcast will be available in October, so it will probably be not as relevant in October. But that was the latest one that came out last week. And a lot of times what an attacker will do when they obtain or when they breach the passwords on a website is they'll take that email address because most of the time an email address is the username or if it's not the username, your email address is in that account data somewhere. And they'll take that password that came from the the breached website and they'll just go try to log in your email because nine times out of ten, that email address and that password are probably the same because a lot of people tend to reuse, even though it may be a pretty good password, by reusing it across multiple sites, uh, any one site that gets breached will breach all of your accounts. So it's very important to use a unique password for each of those important services. That's really good, Bryce, because, I mean, I've heard that said before, but I've never had the explanation behind it. So it makes a lot of sense now. I'm sure that a lot of our users think the same way I do. Okay, I hear that, but you know, what's the harm? What's the real harm? So thank you for sharing that because that, that makes sense to me. And to be clear, a unique password is not whatever your password is, one. And then the next site, don't use whatever your password is, two. Attackers are relatively clever and they understand that people may increment a password by a single digit or even a letter. Maybe you just change like a letter at the end. So they know the little easy tricks, right? And so they can usually figure out like, oh, well, I'll just try different numbers at the end. So how do you manage? I have 
accounts on a lot of websites I visit. And I've got a whole pile of different passwords. And I guarantee you, I don't have a pile of sticky notes sitting by my computer. (laughs) So I would strongly recommend using a tool called a password manager to store all of your unique passwords. And a benefit of a password manager as well is that they will automatically generate randomized passwords for you if you want. Can you talk about that for a minute, the process? Because I've heard that, I understand that, but I don't know how a password manager works. Like, do you have one password to the password manager and then everything's stored there? Or you said it generates? I, I'm not quite sure how it works. Sure, that's a, that's a really good question. And I can, I can try to describe the general process. Each, mm-hmm. each password manager is a little different in how it, it, it's actually implemented, but it's, it's fairly similar across most of them. So yes, you will have a, what is usually referred to as a master password. It's like a password to your password safe, essentially. Most of the mainstream password managers, and I could offer some, some suggestions here in a few minutes on, on a few that I might recommend, most of them will combine that master password with, with multi-factor authentication. And so that's, that's either having a token or a text message or something else besides the password that uh, helps protect your account. Now, most of the time, once you're logged in to the password manager, either on your phone or on your computer, you will not be asked to multi-factor for that second factor all the time. You may be asked once in a while. So it's, it's usually pretty low effort to run and maintain the password manager. The multi-factor piece is more for protecting the data from someone who might be trying to come attack the password manager's service or the servers. So then the password manager, once you're in, right, if you want to go create a new record, it will ask for the website URL, like the actual web address. And then it will ask for your username, which is usually an email address, but different services work a little differently. So whatever the username is for that site, it'll ask you for that. If you're making a new record or making a new entry, you can either just type in if you know the password you want to use and you've got a good system that's not just adding a one or a two at the end. You can type in what you want to use or there's usually a button to say, hey, suggest a password for me and it will automatically fill a password in. Uh, And then a lot of the password managers also, if that website that you're setting up an entry for, if that supports multi-factor authentication like Facebook or Gmail, you can also add that there in the password manager so you don't have to keep you know setting up your phone or or setting up a new app on your phone just to keep track of all your multi-factor codes or that sort of thing it'll handle all that just in the password manager so it's like a one-stop shop for all your passwords and multi-factor codes so here's my paranoia how do i know that password manager system is safe because if somebody hacks their system or, you know, gets in there with some of this malicious behavior, like we talked about in our last episode, you know, what happens then? Because then somebody's got all my passwords, right? That is a risk. Uh, that is for sure a good, a good question, a good call out. And that's something to be aware of, is you definitely want to take your master password very seriously and make sure that it is strong and that it is complex and that you are for sure using multi-factor authentication. 
usually if you've got a strong password and multi-factor, your risk goes down significantly. But it is still a risk. It is definitely still something to be concerned about. And in fact, a number of years ago, one service called LastPass was breached. And it was not a good day for them and for their users. So it has happened. So that's definitely something to be aware of. Now, I will say LastPass, after that breach, they have significantly stepped up their game on their security. Okay. And it's, it's at least as secure as all the other services now. And it's actually one that's on my list to recommend. Usually, after a company experiences a breach, they usually get real serious about their security. So Right. So, Bryce, I have another question about passwords. What if your browser automatically stores the passwords for you? Is that a safe thing to do? Because it's really convenient. You know, if you're not using a password manager, you don't have to remember all these different passwords. You click your username and it automatically loads your password. Yeah, that's another really good question, Laura. And I know a lot of people do that or they use their their browser to store passwords. And that's fine. I would I would recommend, I would still strongly recommend using a password manager for a couple of reasons. One, the password manager, usually most of them are cloud-based now. So they by default, they are backed up to the cloud. Uh, it depends on which browser you're using. And I think like with Chrome, it kind of depends on if you actually are signed into Chrome with your Google account to actually make sure that you're backing up your passwords to the cloud. But again, the browser password manager is is usually a little less robust. They don't normally store the multi-factor codes for you. So you'd still have to have a separate app on your phone. And like with with a Google account, I know that Google does do more than they used to for account security. But if you if you've not taken those steps to add that extra security to your account, it, it could leave those passwords more vulnerable. I will also say most of the password managers have a browser extension available. So it's will integrate into most of the, the major browsers and will also do autofill for you and will autofill those MFA codes for the websites that you have the MFA set up for. Okay, that's great. That's great. Now you said you were going to give us the names of a couple good password managers that you might recommend. Well, yeah, so I want to be careful not to, not to make these an, an endorsement. So I don't sure, know I mentioned sure. LastPass, and I, I won't necessarily vouch that all of these are the best, but these are pretty popular and generally are well-regarded and, and regarded as safe. Uh, so 1Password, LastPass, iCloud Password Manager, and Google Password Manager. Are, are the ones that, that are usually pretty common. I know iCloud Password Manager is built into iPhones. That's something you can use. They now actually just released a Windows version of the iCloud Password Manager just very recently. Google Password Manager is available on, on Android and through Google Chrome. LastPass and, and 1Password are kind of separate services, and there's a fee associated with those. But any of those options should be pretty good. There's a few others out there as well. It just I would try to stay away from ones that no one's ever heard of before. That's kind of a <laughs> that's a red flag. Yeah. Like yeah. Susie Susie's password manager. Probably not. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's I mean it's not necessarily that that is a 
bad product. Uh, it's just the more popular ones have actually been vetted by security professionals and, and are regarded as at least secure enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Wonderful. I, I, you know, I know we could talk about passwords all day long. Very, very informative for me and I'm sure for our listeners. So what I'd like to do is I would like to invite you back where we are going to continue this conversation on hygiene for work and home as it relates to cybersecurity. And next time we can dive into some updates. Thanks, Bryce, and thanks, listeners. Thanks, Laura. So you enjoyed this podcast episode. Click like, share it with your friends, leave us a comment, and let us know what you liked best about it. Thanks for listening to Healthcare Highwire. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.